Good morning, wherever you are, and welcome to St. Michael's in the Morning, a podcast series encompassing everything from sermons and services to special audio presentations, brought to you by St. Michael's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. For more information or to make a donation to St. Michael's, please visit www.st-michaels.org. One of the things I feel a lot of gratitude for at the moment is this music team. They're so gifted and they're so talented and, you know, because we have fancy speakers, they're also loud, meaning I get to sing as loud as I want to sing, but all you hear are their loud, harmonious, perfect voices. Because with respect to musical ability, they are gifted and I am not. They are righteous, and I am unrighteous. And I love to sing in church because, you know, truth be told, I can't carry a tune to save my life, but there is a sense in which this team can carry the tune for me. But I I do have to say, there was a time in my life when um, I believed that I was a fabulous singer, and the long process of coming to tell the truth about my abilities. Um, It's been a tad rocky, to say the least. This started in seminary. I was in chapel next to a visiting monk, and I was singing my heart out, and he nudged me during the service and asked if I could sing softer. I informed my Franciscan brother that God wants all people to make a joyful noise unto the Lord, but his reply was that after hearing me sing that God could never will such a thing. (laughs) When I worked for the diocese, um, before I accepted this job, part of my job was to preach at other churches. I preached at about 35 to 40 churches a year, and uh, I was a guest preacher at a church about a month or so before coming here, and it was during the offertory hymn. I was sitting in the chancel. Again, I was just singing my heart out, My eyes were closed, my voice was exalted, my hands were raised. I was making a joyful noise when all of a sudden the rector of that church made a beeline sprint from the other side of the church to where I was sitting, and he frantically began fishing for something inside of my alb. And upon looking up and seeing the congregation in a fit of laughter, I immediately realized what the rector was trying to do. He was trying to turn my microphone off. I left it on after preaching, and suffice it to say, my very loud bellowing of seek ye first the kingdom of God was not preparing people's hearts for communion. And as I look back, that was probably the moment um, that I did realize that I'm not a good singer and was able to see myself accurately. Um, Now today, we are celebrating All Saints Day, and when many of us hear that word saint, we tend to think of a person who exhibits exceptional virtue. We think of a man or a woman filled with love, self-sacrifice, and endless patience. But to the extent that we are committed to seeing ourselves accurately, we will confess that this is not how we experience ourselves, 
And it's not how we experience other people, at least most of the time. Because the truth is, people are irritable, we get scared, we get frustrated, and we make bad choices on a daily basis. And that is okay. Because notice, today's readings have nothing to do with people of exceptional virtue. We don't hear about Daniel's willingness to go into the lion's den or about Stephen who prayed that God would forgive the very people who stoned him to death because at the end of the day, sainthood isn't about what we do but about trusting in the complete, all-sufficient, and guaranteed salvation that God has already done on our behalf. I mean, right in Isaiah, it's God who swallows up death. In Revelation, it's God who wipes away our tears. In John, it's God incarnate who calls Lazarus out of that tomb and restores him to life. In fact, one of my favorite verses of Scripture has always been Mark 2.17, where Jesus says, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have come not to call the righteous, but sinners. And in commenting on this verse, Augustine once said that a saint was simply a person who took these words to heart. All Saints Day is the church's yearly reminder that we need to take these words to heart. It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have come not to call the righteous, but sinners. Because here's the thing, I just don't know very many people who are not struggling in some way at the moment, or if nothing else, in relationship with a loved one who is struggling. My mother was such a person. I think of her every year on All Saints Day. She died unexpectedly three days after I was ordained a deacon, and the first sermon I ever preached was at her funeral. And to prepare for my sermon today, I went back and I read that sermon I preached 13 years ago, and I found a quote from her favorite book, which I shared on that occasion, it's from a book called The Ragamuffin Gospel by Brennan Manning, and I'd like to share those words with you today. This book is not for the super spiritual. It is not for hallelujah Christians who have never visited the valley of desolation. It's not for the fearless and the tearless. This book was written for the bedraggled, beat up, and burnt out, it is for wobbly and weak-kneed people who know they don't have it all together. It is for poor, weak, and sinful men and women with hereditary faults and limited talents. This book is for the bent and the bruised and for anyone who has become discouraged along the way. And so as we reflect on the meaning of All Saints Day, it is so vital for us to understand <laughs> It's not just that there's a book for these people. 
No, the gospel of Jesus Christ is for these people. It is not the healthy who need a doctor, Jesus said, but the sick. Now, does that mean that we should turn falling apart into its own virtue or give up altogether on the very legitimate moral quest to grow in courage and integrity? Of course not. But it does mean that if we distill Christianity down to its essence, that what God offers is ultimately the very thing that at some point every human being needs. And that's grace, forgiveness, mercy, healing, and eternal life. We need God to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Catholic author Flannery O'Connor understood this quite well, and she published a wonderful short story called Revelation. The main character in this story is Ruby Turpin, who very much considers herself to be a good person and to have it all together. But towards the end of the story, Ruby has a revelation in which she sees a vision of a road that runs from the earth to the sky. And on that road, the souls of all the redeemed are processing into heaven. And this is what O'Connor says about Ruby's vision. She saw a vast swinging bridge extending upward from the earth through a field of living fire. Upon it, a vast horde of souls were tumbling toward heaven, clean for the first time in their lives, battalions of freaks and lunatics shouting and clapping and leaping like frogs and bringing up the end of the procession was a tribe of people whom Ruby recognized at once as those who, like herself, had always had a little of everything and the God-given wit to use it right. They were marching behind the others with great dignity. They alone were on key, yet she could see by their shocked and altered faces that even their virtues were being burned away. So in a moment, we will come forward to be fed by God in the Eucharist. And fear not, we'll have an usher to make sure that you all come forward in good order and Outwardly, we'll all be on key. But inwardly, I pray that maybe something different happens in your soul this morning, that if only for today that you'll let yourself be the freak and lunatic who's shouting and clapping and leaping like a frog, because you can see yourself accurately with all that beautiful mess and from that place of imperfection, feel the miracle of being loved and cherished and saved by God anyway. Because you know what I really love about this church, St. Michael's Episcopal Church? At St. Michael's, we have a commitment above all else to knowing God's grace. I mean, right? We expect to leave church on Sunday morning healed, feeling lighter, and with more compassion, more compassion for ourselves and all the brokenhearted of society. And so if you came to church this morning hoping for a pep talk on 
how to achieve sainthood. My apologies, I'm not that sort of preacher, but what I will ask you to do without apology is to increase your capacity to tell the truth about the many ways that you fall short of your highest standards. Because here's the great joke. We're all singing off key. But don't you see, it's whenever we confess that truth that we can start to see that in Christ, God is taking every broken note, every mistake, every failure, every heartbreak, and weaving it into this glorious symphony that will echo for eternity in the kingdom of God. Because the righteousness of our Lord Jesus Christ, it's kind of like this music team. Morally speaking, you and I cannot carry a tune, but Jesus can carry that tune for us. In fact, the prophet Zephaniah actually says, and I quote, that God rejoices over humanity with very loud singing. And each and every one of us is washed in that song of grace every moment of every day. And so today my question for us is this, can we see ourselves accurately as deeply flawed and yet loved, as sinners but saved by grace, and above all as a people who trust not in ourselves and certainly not in our virtue, but who trust in nothing but the unfailing mercy of God. For those who are well, they don't really need a physician, but only those who are sick. And friends, what is a saint but a woman or a man who takes these words to heart? Amen.